Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen Labooth, and I've got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> so, <coughs> how is everybody doing today on the fishizzle, my sizzle? Man, I'm glad it's October. Me and my family couldn't wait. Friday night, of course, it was the last day of September. Cold front was coming in. It was nice, brisk outside. Dude, carved up some pumpkins, had some fun, cooked on the grill, listening to some Halloween music, getting decorations ready. And then it's weekend, I decorated the house up some. Then I bought some more stuff today. Excuse me, so, yeah, it's going to be a humdinger of a time, baby. I love Halloween. I just wish it last longer like Christmas and stuff does. But anyways, I just want to say thank you to got two guys for listening. Last month was one hell of a month for me in downloads. I hit downloads. I hit one of my all-time highs last month. So keep it up, guys. You're just doing awesome. Keep spreading the word about this show. I'm glad you like it. Give me some five-star reviews, too. So, like I said, keep subscribing. Tell your friends. Listen to me around the campfire. Bang, bang. I might not be scary, but hopefully I am entertaining. <laughs> okay, guys. Without further ado, let's get on with the Halloween shit. All right. What I'm going to do this month, I'm not going to, I mean, of course, it's Halloween. So, what I'm going to do is I, I've been trying to, Think about stuff that really happened and is documented so I can research it and stuff that is still haunted from, you know, when that kind of crap happened. And I found some good ones. This one, the first one, I don't think uh, anybody will know about. I mean, some people will if you live up north in, um, I believe it's Indiana. So, without further ado, guys, we're going to cover the Fox Hollow the Fox Hollow Farm Murders in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It ought to be fun. Here's the backdrop. Here's the whole, uh, some of the backdrop. Because uh, I found a lot of stories and stuff on it. And I don't know what these are going to talk about it. Because that's one thing I like about my show. I try to keep it organic so I can react. Just like you guys do when you hear something. So, hope these stories don't intertwine too much. I hope you find out more information more information as we go from uh you know the next one to the next one. So, yeah, sorry. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like my head's crooked. Sorry, I'm taking a little break and messing with my uh glasses. Yeah. Almost broke it at them. I know sometimes it feels like when I'm doing this, it's a podcast and I'm doing a YouTube version too of it. It feels like I'm cocking my head to the left or to the right or my freaking glasses are crooked. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But yeah, so hopefully a lot of these stories don't intertwine a whole lot. So without further ado, though, let's get on with the story. <coughs> Anyways, the backdrop. There was its... Uh, doctor up in indiana had a big farm very wealthy well when his wife and stuff would go away to go see her mother-in-law lived out of state she'd take the kids and they'd go uh, you know visit well when she was gone he would um 
go out to the gay bars in Indiana and uh, pick up guys and bring them back to the house and fucking kill them and then bury them out there around his property. And like I said, I've got like four stories of this and they're all going to go into detail, the guy's name and all that stuff. So I just hope you're ready to be scared. <laughs> Rob Graves and his family were looking to escape City Life to a home with more space. An outward appearance. Fox Hollow Farm was more than perfect. It was still as they uh, toured the house with a uh, realtor. Rob began wondering why a house that was so desirable and gorgeous did not have anyone living in it. What was going on? As he thought about it, Rob realized it might be a property. It might uh, might be a property he'd heard about on the local news. Rob asked if it was where the Herbert Bumeister had lived. The realtor said yes, and that there was, that's why it was so. Uh, it was such a good deal and such a cheap house because murders happened there. They decided that they would live with the live with that with. Uh, they decided they would live with the fact that the house had uh, belonged to Indiana's most profilic serial killer, and they went ahead and bought it. Now, let me ask y'all this: a question. I mean, I don't know if I could. My mind would play tricks on me because I would. Um, you know, trick my mind into seeing shit. And then there's probably uh, some stuff that does happen there. I mean, a lot of uh, bad stuff, traumatic stuff happened there. So I ask you this question, fellow listeners. Would you buy the house even though it was dirt cheap and it was a mansion? Would you? Hmm? Oh, and I'll put this out there. It was a big-ass two-story house. On, I think, at the time, before, now it's kind of been divided up and turned into a, kind of like a subdivision. But at the time, he had, I think it's set on 100 acres at the time, so, yeah. And, but now it's got like, I think, 10 with it, but it's got a pool in the basement. So ask yourself, could you buy a big-ass house like that and uh, still want to live there after you know what happened? Hmm. Sorry. Flies bothering me. One fly. God, go away. Okay, um, where was I? Okay, as he thought, da, 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 okay, they were looking through this. Okay, they decided to buy the house. Okay, here we go. Vicky was uh, vacuuming gravel that the kids had dragged in around the pool one day. When the vacuum kept unplugging, uh, when the vacuum kept cutting off, the vacuum kept being unplugged <coughs> at a, at the extension cord. So basically, right there, right behind the head, where you shove it in the plug, you know. Uh, the third time startled her, and she felt as though someone else was there. It felt as though somebody did not want. Her there. Rob worked at a car dealership. His colleague Joe was a uh, he was late all the time for work. 
he had a terrible time commuting from where he lived to where he, you know, worked. So uh, he needed to move closer to the dealership. So Rob offered him the spare apartment that was on the property. It was like a garage, apartment right above a garage in a barn. Rob offered the separate apartment they had on the property. Joe wasn't phased uh, by the history, as the apartment had begun, at the the apartment had been gutted since the time of the murders. All of the all of the bad things were gone. Rob helped Joe and his dog Fred move in move in when they were done. Joe was exhausted. Then they went. Then he fell into the uh, bed and went right to sleep. He dreamed off uh he dreamed of running for his life. He was being chased by something bad. When he woke, he tried to run and hit the door frame very hard. So basically this guy was having such a fucked up dream. When he got up, he was like ah, still running and bam just runs right into the wall. Uh there were shreds of glass everywhere, and he had gotten into his hands. He did not know what he was uh, running from, but he uh, felt he had to get out, out of there right away. One day, Vicky had came home from work to find Rob painting uh, while, she looked at, while she looked at his work. Something caught her eye. There was a man in in a red t-shirt standing in the yard. As he walked away from her, Vicky realized that she was not able to see the man's legs. He was or just as quickly as his legs disappeared, the rest of him vanished. Rob diminished or Rob dismissed dismissed it as a uh, serial killer groupie. They walked over to the area where she'd seen the person. They found nothing. Concerned for what uh, Vicky had seen, Rob installed security cameras on the uh, premise. Joe was washing dishes in his apartment one night when he heard a knock on the door. The knock-knock became more and more intense. Joe opened the door and found nothing. He looked around outside and saw no one. He closed and locked the door, unable to shake the uh, uncomfortable feeling. Something was watching, watching him. He could not see anything. Suddenly, a wisp of something grabbed his attention. Joe looked back into the bedroom and saw nothing. Even Fred was acting as though he had seen something. One night, Joe was taking Fred for a walk. <laughs> up and down the driveway, Joe heard something in the woods. Fred had stopped, and the and the dog's ears were perked up. <clears throat> As they walked back, Fred took off running. Fred was crash. Uh, Fred was chasing after a man in a red shirt. The man walked into the woods and disappeared. Fred still gave chase. Joe walked into the woods to get his dog. He wasn't sure if it was if the man in the red shirt was male was a uh, was a uh, bad person or not. But he needed to find Fred. With no warning, he came face to face with the man in the red shirt. Joe turned and ran for his life. 
with Fred shortly behind him. He told Vicky, and they realized they'd seen the same thing. Joe was awoken by another instant knock-knock on his door. He called out, asking who is there, but received no answer. He could feel the panels in the door vibrating from the knock. Finally, Joe pulled the still vibrating door open and saw no one there. He had, however, see the uh, door knocker still setting, still setting particularly to the uh, door. While he watched, the knocker fell, the knocker fell, making the sound one last time. Joe closed the door, bottling it, uh, bottling it, uh, uh, bolting it shut, and began to feel a bit safer. He oh, he uh, and Rob called the lead detective on the case to report the bone, and the detective. Okay, so basically, what happened was that a ghost took him to the where. That's why that's. They say a lot of times that's why ghosts are trying to get your attention because there's something they want to show you. Well, apparently this, this guy's bones were never found, and that's why he kept going out there to the woods and coming back. Well, when the guy with the dog and the guy was chasing its ghost, they uh, found the bones, and then they reported it to the lead detective. And the uh, detective agreed to come out and show them where events had taken place. Bum's Bumeister was believed to have uh, strangled his victims in or near the pool. A friend of Joe's named Jeremy wanted to visit the house to put to put the uh, bed. The rumors of all it being haunted. They were diving to retrieve uh, dead beetles from the bottom of the pool when Joe felt someone touch his back. He thought it might have been one of the boys, but they were on the other side of the pool. As Joe swam back to his friends, he was pulled under. He felt fingers choking him. Jeremy watched Joe put his hands on his neck, panicked like he heard like he had never seen on his friend's face before. Joe managed to escape and get out of get out all of his friends out of the pool before it could get them. Joe was working at the computer one night when he when the sound of metallic scraping startled him. He got up to find the knives from his butcher block in the sink and and cuts in the wood walls. Could someone have been stabbed in his kitchen? After watching the ghost haunting show, Joe unplugs everything that could possibly make a noise and use his cell phone for the EVP sessions. In the uh, kitchen, Joe asked if anyone was there. With uh, Within moments, Fred began uh, barking. Joe took the recorder to his computer for a playback. When he listened closely, the response for the question was clearly the uh, married one. When Joe looked at the unknown victims list, a very... A, every victim had been single. This was when it dawned on Joe that Herbert had been married. Oh. 
They didn't know the guy was married. Oh, okay. So it said the married one. Ah, well, that's one story. All right. That one wasn't bad. That was kind of creepy. And that's weird how ghosts would do that. They say if there's something really torturing their soul or something, they'll... Stop. Or not stop, but get your attention because they got something to show you. Well, all right. I'm going to take five, take a little break. I'm going to be right back. We're going to cover some more of the Fox. Hello. The Fox. Hello. The Fox. The Fox Hollow Farms Murders. Well, how's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is this bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, babies. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. We have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher. Pandora, iHeart, uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby, because we, we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I was wine and dine with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, all right. Hope you like that little commercial. All right, now this one's talking about the Graves family, too. It's another story. So, like I said, hopefully on each story, sorry about that, each story we'll find some new information that we didn't know, you know, about the other one. Okay, the Graves family went to Fox Hollow Farm in Indiana with no clue what was waiting for them paranormal witnesses 
re-encountered the le uh, legacy of the foreign. Serial killer Herbert, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this guy's last name, Bumeister lived there and killed at least 13 young men before committing suicide in Canada after escaping U.S. law in the 1990s. He buried their bodies all around the farm. Law enforcement removed more than 5,000 bone fragments, but the graves found more. They, they reported seeing ghosts and hearing strange knocks, but when it was Joe, a man who rented an apartment on the property, who had the most uh, specific encounter, he claims to have made contact with the ghost of Herb, even uh, recording the se uh, a session. A voice, uh, a voice could be heard repeating the phrase, The married one, the married one, the married one, the married one. Is that creepy or what? Um, what's we doing? LeBlake or Joe had been asking who was walking in the kitchen as all of uh, Herb's victims had been single. He determined the answer must mean the spirit was Herbert himself. Herbert was once again the subject of a television show. The famous uh, Hamilton County serial killer was featured last night on Paranormal Witness on Sci-Fi. I watched that show because that's where I got the uh, idea to do it. Was because uh, seeing it from there. <coughs> the episode is the Fox Hollow Farm. After Herb's property was the uh, Westfield, he was a Westfield businessman. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was a doctor, but he wasn't. Who uh, authorities believe stocked Indianapolis gay bars in the mid-90s and picked up uh, unsuspecting men and drove them to his property where he allegedly killed and burned them. He was considered to be a great guy. No, I'm just kidding. He was considered a suspect by police, but fled to Canada as investigators began digging up the uh, backyard. The remains of several men were found on the grounds. Okay, on the grounds, okay. Investigators approached uh, Herb and told him he was a suspect in the uh, disappearance and asked to search his house. When uh, Herb refused, investigators confronted his wife, Julie, who also forbidden uh, was forbidden to talk to the police to or give the police permission to search the uh, frightened they frightened by her husband's mood swings and arrogant behavior that ever fa uh, fitting for divorce she conceded to uh, search the search of the uh, 18 acres a state named the Fox Hollow Farm was uh, con uh, conducted while Herb was on vacation. It turned up the remains of 11 men and only five whom were very of 
five who were ever identified, so all the mother boys didn't get identified. Herb escaped to Ontario, where he committed suicide at the Penary Provence Park by shooting himself in the head. In his suicide note, he describes his failing marriage and business as his reason for killing himself. He did not confess to the murders of the men found on his yard. In addition to the murders of the estate, Herb is also a suspect of killing nine more men, the bodies of whom were found in royal areas along the uh, corridor of Interstate 70. That's why they thought he might have been the uh, Interstate 70 killer between Columbus, Ohio and Indian Indianapolis. Uh, Julie told authorities that her her husband made a, made as many as a hundred business trips to Ohio on what he said was a store business. Okay, we're gonna go back a little bit to the early life. <coughs> this a uh, Herbert fella. <coughs> The oldest of four children, Herb's childhood was reportedly normal. By the uh, onset of uh, obstacles, however, he began he he began participating in, or he started acting uh, out and acting kind of weird. They said, and then later recalled the young Herb playing with dead animals and unnating, uh, urinating on a teacher's desk. Wow, this kid was a pretty colorful kid, like to play with dead animals and piss on his teacher's desk. What a creepy little shit. Um, as a teenager, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but did not receive future uh, psycho treatment. As an adult, he uh, drifted through a series of jobs, marked by strong work ethic, but also by more increasingly bizarre behaviors. He married in 1971 a union that uh, proceeded uh, with three children. This is just a little bit about the investigation. In the early 90s, the investigation of the, uh, or the investigation on the property was conducted by the Morin County Sheriff's Department and the Indianapolis the Pe the police Indianapolis Police Department. They begin the investigation and the disappearance of the gay man in the Indianapolis area. In nineteen ninety three investigators were contacted by a man claiming that a gay bartender calling himself Ron Reason had killed a uh a man claiming that, or uh, wait, had killed a friend of and had attempted to kill him. The detectives told him to contact them in case he ever see he ever saw the man again. In November of 1995, he called them and uh, supplied the man's license plate. After checking the license plate registry, investigators discovered that Ron Reason was actually Herb. Bumeister. See, back then, you could really get away with that kind of shit. But I wouldn't try to recommend it now. Because you ain't going to get away with a 
fucking thing. I don't know. This guy almost did. Okay, here's more about the investigation. Uh, investigators approached Herb and told him that, of course, he was a suspect in the disappearance and asked to search his house. When Herb refused, investigators, you know, of course, cornered his wife and his wife said, yo, sure. But by June of 1997, Julie had become uh, significantly frightened by her husband's mood swings. So therefore, she finally broke down and was like, yeah, you can look at the house. But then, they, of course, they got a divorce. And we know he escaped to Ontario. And here's just some of the hauntings. Okay. Years passed while the estate and the mansion stood empty. It was on the market now. And the incredible cheap property was told to was sold to Robin Vicky Graves. The mansion had been uh, gutted out and it was uh, vacant and everything in it was new. The graves thought everything had everything bad was gone from the mansion. Well, if they gutted everything and did a bunch of uh, remodeling, yeah, every time you remodel some shit, it always happens. But it's probably going to be haunted to begin with. So it was a win-win for the ghost. Okay, everything, everything, oh, everything seemed great in the new home except one day, of course, this is talking about the uh, plug getting unplugged again, and this is just telling about that guy Joe getting the apartment. See what this is gonna say. Uh, okay, this one's already. I've already said it. And then another night, Joe was walking Fred, and then one night was awakened by someone once knocking on his door. Trying to see if there's anything new. Well, not really. Everything they're talking about, haunting wise. They talked about. Well, okay, that one wasn't too bad. But I'm telling you, this is some creepy. That's just creepy. The whole story creeps me out. I mean, but back then in the 80s and 90s, even earlier than that, you'd get away with so much shit and lie. And even you could go as far as kill people in another state and go to another one and um, make up a new life. Alrighty, let me take a quick little breaky. All right, I'm going to take one little quick break, get a drink, and I will be back, fellas. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, 
Come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there. out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am your father. co-host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, unsolved urban la- murders, unsolved mysteries, mysteries uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends, we're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to what's, what's really, really out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's What's Really Really Out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. I'm back. All right, here's my last one, I think, uh, of some information I got. Fox Hollow Farm, a county manor outside of Indianapolis was once the home of Herb anyways Herb he lived at the Fox Hollow Farms with his wife and children throughout the early 90's one day he operated by day he operated as a set for uh, thrift stores oh he operated a set of thrift stores and then to friends and family, he was cool. But then he was a uh, and he was a successful businessman and devoted father. But darkness lurked beneath his surface. Beginning in 1993, reports broke out of young men vanishing from the Indianapolis gay community. Acting in a tip, police investigated the uh, her property. There they uncovered a terrifying reality buried in the uh, surrounding woods. At first, hundreds and then thousands of human bones were uh, scattered across the estate. A starting new... Oh, a starting new patriot of Herb emerged... At night, he would cruise the uh, nightclubs in in Indianapolis and pick up men who were never seen again. Authorities suspected Herb of murdering at least 11 of them at Fox Hollow Farms and burying the remains on his property. (coughs) Though there are many have been, uh, many have been additional victims Unfortunately, we will will never know the full truth. Soon after authorities discovered bones on his property, Herb fled to Canada and took his own life. Word of Herb's suspected word of Herb's suspected serial murder spree spread fast fast in the wake of his death. So too did whispers of otherworldly activity at the Fox Hollow estate. New seasoned Arthur and paranormal investigator Richard uh, Estep 
I hate it when they do this abbreviating shit. Not abbreviated, but okay. He has partnered with Fox Hollow current owner Robert Graves to unravel the dark history of Herb and the uh, paranormal activity there that haunts the estate to this day. The horrors of Fox Hollow Farm dives deep into the uh, tragic past of Fox Hollow Farm, piecing together the criminal case of Herb and examining... Oh, good. In examining the other world energies that still linger in the air. John is step in the graves as they deliver detailed insight into the original herb investigation and venture into the Fox Hollow's darkness, cor- darkest corners in search of the supernatural forces that haunt the property. Included in the book are detailed descriptions of paranormal paranormal encounters from a chilling EVP recording captured in the apartment above the garage to a terrifying run-in with the the, uh, malevolent entity in the basement pool. The horrors of... The horrors of Fox Hollow Farms is set for... uh, Publication on September 8th. Well, that already happened. Okay. We're, we're going to go over the history and some of the hauntings. And Well, no, this is kind of going over the same thing. Starts out with her in the uh, vacuum, you know, or her in the... Yeah, this is some of the early reportings. Uh, that's Joe. Joe and his dog. I was walking up to the ladder, and I saw la 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 la. Okay, taking care of the house grounds. Okay, here's a incident I don't think we heard about. Taking care of the house. Taking care of a house. In grounds of the size of Fox Hollow Farm reminded me of the old Navy saying about painting a ship. You start at the front and work your way left. By the time your paintbrush reaches the back of the ship, you need to start all over again. I was working at top of the ladder of the ladder one afternoon when I heard a heard Vicky's car pull up into the driveway. Glad that she was uh that she was home from work. I climbed down to put the can of paint fucking pages there we go. Ah sorry my pages are Oh my page wouldn't come apart, damn it. It was stuck together just right. Okay, he came down the ladder and put the can of paint that I had been using to uh, recoat the part of the house and waved over to come and see my uh, handiwork. It was a bright and sunny day with very clear sky and air good and visible. A fat cry from the uh, city. And the dark and stormy nights that loomers around. Vicky stood there 
uh, listening to make me talk about which parts of the house I had painted. I didn't realize it until afterwards, but partway through, she became distracted. Something had caught her eye off in the woods in the uh, side of the house. This is where she sees that guy in the red shirt going back. So we already know about that story. Let's see if there's any more. One night slide drawbacks. Huh. Here we go while you listen to this. One of the slight drawbacks about living in a place like Fox Hollow Farms is that we tend to attract more than our fair share of unwanted visitors, unusually in the form of a serial killer entities who want to visit. We want to visit the scene of the crime and see it for themselves. So apparently they have a problem there with a lot of trespassers because of the history of the place. You know, when everybody's like, oh, my God, I've got to see this. The Fox Hollow Farms. Man, that's crazy. Well, I hope you all got enjoyed that one. Next week, I'm going to have some other... Next week, I'm going to try to do two at a time instead of just one whole one because a lot of that stuff was running together here and there. But, man, that was a good show, man. That was kind of fucking creepy. I mean, you got to expect it, though. With a place like that and that much and all that that went on there, I'm not surprised at all that it's haunted, you know, so... That's just crazy, man. Watch out buying a house if it's dirt cheap. You know why? It's fucking haunted and a murder happened. (coughs) But, you know, me being a single dad and, you know, barely making it sometimes, I don't know if I could pass up on a cheap house either. So, but you guys are great. Y'all guys go check me out on my Facebook. It's Ghost Stories Told from the South. I've been posting stuff up there. I put some stuff tonight before I recorded about uh, pictures of the house that I did. So y'all go check that out. Go check me out on Spotify, Pandora. My YouTube channel's caught up. So go check that out. Um... We're basically... I'm basically on any platform out there, guys. So I hope my quality's good. Excuse me. I... Too much carbonation today, and it's coming back. Anyways, that was the demon. I'm possessed. Anyways, y'all guys, uh, check me out on all that. Like I said, check me out on Facebook. I post stuff as much as I can as I remember. That's the one part of advertising I'm not used to, is posting stuff all the time. (laughs) But anyways, I will... See you guys later. I want to say thank you again for all the downloads and everything, guys. It's it's fucking amazing. I love it. So, you guys be good. We will see you guys later. See you on the other side. See you next week and have a spooky, spooky week. Now, we'll watch a lot of uh, scary movies because they're all over because it's Halloween season, baby. <laughs> we'll see you guys later, though. Be good, be real. We out. Oh, and by the way, I'll see you on the other side. And this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South with your host, Stephen Labooth. <laughs>
See you later, kitty coos.